right, folks, welcome back to Brush Pile Fishing. And uh, we've got a brand new podcast for you today. Kurt from PowerPole is joining us. Kurt, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good, Russ. How are you doing this morning? Good, man. Is it warm down there in Florida? It is. We're uh, mid to upper 80s most days, sometimes touching the 90s. So it's nice and warm down here in Florida. Man, why ain't you out on the ocean catching some type of fish? Some days it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. We've done uh, some shows in Mississippi in the summer in July and August. And trust me, it's warm down there too, man. So, but uh, Kurt, can you tell the people what exactly is your job with PowerPool? Mostly marketing operations, whether it's project management, budgets, uh, talking to great folks like yourself with TV shows and podcasts, radios, um, IOs for magazines and things like that. So anything that has to do with media and then, of course, task and project management for our creative team. Um, I request the ads, they build them and I implement them. Nice. You know, uh, I can remember today's course. Uh, I've been fishing for a long time, but I can remember the days before where there was anything called power pole. And if you wanted to anchor, you basically had anchors on your boat. You either dropped them down by hand or sometimes, you know, we had a crank that you could do it. Uh, but man, it was a pain in the butt, especially for where I fish because my home lake is six foot deep all the way across. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's no deep uh, cuts or anything like that. So I am a shallow water fisherman. And, uh, when power poles came along, man, you talk about a lifesaver and, and the show that always comes to mind, if you get a chance, and I think this is two seasons ago, we did a show on Lake Erie. Okay. And, uh, we didn't go out onto the main water. We fished the shallow bays in Lake Erie for crappie. And, uh, we had six inches of rain the night before it was a mess. We were actually up in two foot of water. And if you spooked them fish, they were gone. So we needed to get there. We needed to get set and not move. And, uh, we used the power poles and I'm going to tell you, man, it was awesome. The biggest fish I've ever caught in Ohio was on that show two, seven, four. And oh, uh, we got great video on it. And I'm telling you, and if, if we didn't have power poles then to where we couldn't stay still, I probably wouldn't have got that fish. Um, and people that use these, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it will spook easy. So um, how did That's they, how did someone say, let's do these power anchors so we don't have to do that? How did it get started, man? I'm going to actually, it kind of relates to the story that you just told. Um, and there's, there's a lot of questions on, and in that exact scenario about you catching those fish in two feet of water is, you know, why do I need power poles if I've got a spot lock trolling motor? Um, in, in that scenario, you just said it, if you spook those fish by that trolling motor spinning around and turning on, they're gone. Yes. Um, and it was in the Bay of Sarasota, Sarasota Bay down here in Florida, um, that the inventor and owner of our company, John Oliverio, actually was running into that same scenario. He was fishing for redfish, which are spooky fish. Yep. Um, fishing in, a, in an event or pre-fishing for an event. I can't remember the exact scenario, but he was, he found fish. He could locate them, but as he pulled up to them, they would spook off. So he would try the different mushroom, you know, different methods of a mushroom anchor, trying to drop it down nice and slow to stop the boat, but it would technically run over the fish or the wind would blow him off of exactly where he wanted to be yes. because you got to let so much line out with the traditional anchor. Um, and then the scenario that I just said with the, uh, 
you know, the trolling motor, you know, if he'd spun it around to try and stop the boat and keep it in position, he'd blow the water out, blow the bottom up, you know, make a dust cloud and those fish would run away. So he got out his Legos and figured out a design <laughs> in which would be, you know, applicable to a, the back of a boat. And then, you know, started making prototypes found, you know, got a patent on when he figured out exactly how he wanted to do it, went through a bunch of different scenarios, a bunch of different power options, whether that was an electric cylinder or the hydraulics that we actually do use. Um, and hydraulics just reign supreme in that instance. So that's what we went with, man. And it's just been, you know, for the last 20 plus years now, we've been able to improve upon that design that he originally came up with. But the concept and the functionality is the same as the original design. And I'm telling you folks, if you fish shallow water at all, and you don't have these, you're, you're missing the boat, but you know, any more, any boat you see going down the highway or anything, they've got them on there. I mean, you guys are a staple in the industry now. And, uh, but you, you've evolved, not just from the power, I, I guess I call it a power anch anchoring system or whatever, but then uh, I can remember when you first put the the uh, paddles on the power poles, and and again dating myself a little bit here, but I can remember the days when say you were longline trolling or spider rigging, and if you wanted to slow down, a lot of us had log chains in our mm -hmm. boat, so you would have to get this big log chain out, throw it out the back of your boat. Hopefully, you don't tear your boat up too much, and then tie that down, and that's how we slowed down. Let mm -hmm. me just tell you. The power poles with those paddles are a little bit easier, man. <laughs> um, it, the paddles came from walleye fishermen and crappie fishermen. It was kind of a combination effort um, to get something that wasn't a drift sock that you had yeah. more control over. And the first thing we did was add a, we provided a, um, an eye bolt that you could put through the spike hole the, the bolt that replaced the sure. bolt that holds the spike in place and you could attach your log chain to that um, and that's what the first crappie guys were doing to continue to slow down their boat like you were just saying um, and then you know the complications of a drift sock I mean pulling that wet nasty thing into your boat after using it just getting it back to your boat after it while it's deployed getting is, lines you know, tied up into it and then having that big parachute out the back of your boat I mean it's just not really an easy functional especially when trolling it's not a good functional unit to be using and generally when you're fishing there's wind you, you rarely get those beautiful days so the the drift paddle man it it was the first one was actually a tupperware lid with u-bolts bolted to a spike <laughs> and then we figured out a material and design that worked best to attach to our units that allowed you to slow your boat by up to 50 percent and folks, that's what's cool about it. The further you raise it or raise it, you can adjust the speeds that you're slowing down to. So it's a, you talk about, you know, so many times, especially tournament anglers, it's fine tuning things that makes a big difference between winning a tournament and taking second place. And here again, you can fine tune this to where you need it, you know? So it just, like I said, I can't say enough about the inventions and they just keep adding which brings me to my next point. And this is one that I'm not sure a lot of people may even know about. So I want to spend a little time on this, but let's talk about the new charging systems that you guys come out with. Okay. I mean, it's 
we're changing our verbiage on this to it is four devices in one. Um, it's your traditional battery charger that everybody's used to that you plug in when you get home and it charges all of your batteries. It does that and it does a, a quick charge basically on the batteries until they get to a full level. And then it turns into, so the longer you keep it plugged in, the better balanced batteries you're gonna have because it turns into a trickle charger to keep to catch like if you've got one battery that's just a little bit lower in charge than the others mm -hmm. it's still charged but it's just a little lower it'll actually trickle charge that battery by itself to bring it up to the level of the other batteries um the second feature is charge on the run um but it doesn't only allow your cranking battery to be charged while you're on the run it allows your troller motor batteries to be charged while on the run as well so that charge on the run feature is charging all of your batteries not just your cranking um, the third one again more popular everybody kind of knows about it is an emergency start feature so if you drain all the batteries in your boat they still retain about nine volts um, of battery power nine something but that's not enough to turn that motor over so if you hit the emergency start feature on our on our charge and through the app then it'll take the little bit of amp voltage that's left in your trolling motor batteries turn it into 12 volts give it to your cranking battery so that you can fire up your motor and get back to the ramp how important is that folks? Cause we've all been there. You've, you've ran the trolling motor all day, live wells all day. It's been a long day. It's been raining. You just want to get back to the ramp and you have no power. And now you can pull power from everywhere and get back to that ramp. You guys, I'm telling you, Kurt, you don't know what a big feature that is, man, for us anglers out there. For the tournament guys, it's huge, man. It's yes. a security almost. Um, and then there's the last feature, which is the bi-directional charging, which people don't necessarily understand. And this takes place automatically. So as you drain battery power, whether on your trolling motor side or your cranking side, we have the ability to pull power from either side and give it back to the battery that needs it. Nice. Nice. So those are the four features and functions of the powerful charge. Now, Kurt, before we actually got tape in this thing, I told you I'm not the video guy at all. I'm old school. Um, I still got a flip phone at work. Okay. But um, one of the things that is really cool, and, I, and I've got to admit to you, I've got to learn to use a little bit better. Okay. But you guys, when we talk about this charging, this, that, you also have an app that goes to your phone. Yep. Which, so when you log into the app, if you've got the PowerPool charge, we'll talk about that one. Um, oh, We'll start actually with the anchors. If you have anchors, you can control, operate, and diagnose and fine tune the anchors through the app. So even if you don't have the charge, you can do that with the anchors. Uh, if you have a charge as well, it gives you live feedback on where your battery's status is. So it shows you, you know, the level of charge that each one of them have. Um, and it also shows you what the charge is doing. So if it is moving power from somewhere and giving it to your batteries, it will show you that. Even if you have it plugged in at home, it'll show you that it's giving power from the outlet mm. to your batteries. So you can log into it at any time and check the status of your batteries. Um, and then also activating that emergency start feature, which is you know the big benefit that a lot of people are looking for 
uh, is done through the app or through an integrated MFD. There you go. So folks, you've seen uh, on Facebook and stuff, we've got a brand new, beautiful orange brush pile war Eagle. And uh, it is now finally, we got everything rigged out with everything that we've talked about today. So Kurt, before we close, let me ask you this, anything on the future, you can give us a little hint on any, any new products coming up. Uh, we got some stuff in the works and coming out. I know everybody, uh, most people, have heard about the trolling motor coming down the line. Um, I can obviously confirm that we are <laughs> going to be releasing a, a trolling motor at some point. Uh, right now, we're just waiting on all the parts and pieces to get here so we can start figuring out what our production rate is going to be and uh, getting them on the market. So right now, it's kind of just that little bit of holding pattern um, to get everything in and make sure that we have it all here so that we can build them out and get them get them in the hands of the public. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, Kurt, I know you're a busy man. I really appreciate you taking some time to, to do this podcast. I've uh, been wanting to do this one for you or with you for a while. And uh, I sure appreciate your time, brother. Not a problem, Russ, man. I appreciate you guys having us on and talking shop. I'll tell you what, uh, we are scheduled Hopefully in January or February, we're going to make a Florida run and do, do two or three shows down there. Uh, I'd love to get you on the boat one day if you got time, man. Keep me in mind. I'll come out there if I have the availability. All right, man. It sounds good. Thanks for joining us again. Kurt from PowerPole. Folks, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Um, some, some very cool inventions they have. And like I say, our new boat is now rigged with everything we just talked about. And as a matter of fact, I'm heading out tomorrow morning and going to put some of those good use. Kurt, have a good afternoon, brother. You too, Russ. We'll talk to you later. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, thank you to all of our sponsors, of course. Stay tuned. We'll have another podcast soon. And again, thanks for uh, joining us, Kurt, from PowerPole. Have a great day, bud. <laughs>